0: This episode of Butcher Breakout is brought to you by you, the fans. That's right. Go to patreon.com right now to support this show. You, can, For the price of a beer, price of coffee, or something else you want to buy that's small for Greg and I, whatever it is, you can support this show that we do every single week for the last 370,000 weeks. Uh, today we'll be doing another mailbag episode because it's the 4th of July and there's no one that's willing to give up their holiday to speak to Greg and I. And I know you're wondering, really? Is that true? Uh, and yes, it is. So without further ado, here's Mark Messi. We'll answer a bunch of fun questions heading into the deep summer of new york rangers anything is possible or maybe not we'll see here we go
1: hi everybody it's mark messier and you're listening to blue shirts breakaway the number one rangers podcast
0: Everybody. Welcome to the episode of, the episode, of the episode. Happy Fourth of July. I'm your host, Ryan Mead. I'm here with my co-host, Greg Kaplan. Greg, how are you?
1: Did you know the Tour de France goes through other countries besides France?
0: I watched a lot of weird sports this weekend, if that's what you're asking.
1: I mean, this is Is there ever a weekend more prime for the weird sports?
0: No, it's one of the best weird sports weekends ever. I watched the World Tag Championships um, for a little bit. I gotta be honest, the scoring system is very dumb. The, the games end one nothing. You have to evade somebody as, for twenty seconds. Is it
1: as dumb? Is it as dumb as the uh, current NHL point system?
0: It's it's close. <laughs> it's close. I gotta be honest. I watched. Uh, what's that game where you throw beanbags into a hole? Cornhole. Yeah, Cornhole. Cornhole. Yep. Watch watch those championships as well. A lot of stuff. Watched a lot a lot of weird sports. Watched the under twenty Conficaf soccer tournament versus Honduras semifinals. Watched the double Royal Rumble. Yeah, on going AW. to the Olympics. Hey, hey, look, fun. How about that? Cool, great times. Amazing. Uh, happy Fourth of Leeds, July, everyone.
1: Leeds, by the way, is just becoming America's team. Did you see this? I
0: did. Well, the, they have a coach, right? That's from America, so he's like, I'll get all the, the coach.
1: Mitts. And now I think their third American signing of the summer. Oh boy, oh boy. I, Tyler Adams. Tyler Adams is go- off off to Leeds. We call that the. I re- like it.
0: We call that the reverse Fourth of July. Just taking over, going back. The Leeds. <laughs> leads United States of America. That's it. I think we figured it out. All right, that's enough talking sports. Um I want to announce that I'm injured for this podcast that I have a canker sore on like my jawline and I'm I'm podcasting through. It. Really really proud yeah, let, of myself. Let
1: me let me know when you can feel your leg. Oh <laughs> <laughs> shit how's that going yeah Ugh. oh oh i injured. i had 12 different blood tests run on me on friday and i'm waiting on the results incredible I mean, it's apparently it's not like cerebral palsy which is good hey that was a, that was a worry
0: hey congratulations okay so i know <laughs> let's, good, uh, good for me let's keep that updated uh i think we're not breaking HIPAA laws because you're breaking it i think that's how that works yeah, um i mean also i didn't tell anybody anything
1: like I, that's I just, true yeah greg greg continues to be able to have sensation in his limbs that is uh that, there you go. Breaking
0: news. <laughs> All right. Or, let's get into the Ranger news of lack or lack thereof before we do a lot of mailbag questions. Before uh, Vince went uh, on a, see you later. I'm not tweeting anymore for the weekend. He decided to release power, a power
1: move. Just such way. a power Absolute move by power Vincent
0: move. came right out and released a couple things that I think are important to uh, to discuss. The uh, Rangers and Capococco sound like they're close to getting a bridge deal in place not really a surprise. Greg, on my side, I've heard around it's, it's around two years, two million. I think that's exactly what we expected. Uh, and I think they get it done probably tomorrow. Because today's New York Ranger Monday, but it doesn't really count because it's 4th of July. So that's my opinion. So maybe as you're listening to this, it's done. I bet
1: you it's already, you it's already done and they're just waiting to dot some I's and cross some T's.
0: I, I Vince like, would never say anything formal. if it wasn't. That's kind of the way I look at right. it as well. And then uh, I'm sensing optimism that Vitaly crafts off, and the New York Rangers... Uh, have 9 months before he is not traded before camp or no uh, sorry he's said more optimism in the last right now than the last 9 months and if he isn't traded before camp he'll make the roster not a shocker at all we we talked about that a couple of weeks ago as well uh if he's not traded he'll play shock who knew uh anything else yeah
1: and i i do think it's a mix of um the rangers fucked around and found out and now his trade value is so low that it's really hard to trade a guy for what you feel is equal value unless, I don't know, you exhibit that you yourself value him. So I think the Rangers, I think Drury for the most part has realized the bet he's made, realized he could use the player, and realized he kind of has no choice at this point.
0: One other thought I think, Vince, he's talked about this a bunch um, pretty publicly, and I think he just wanted to reassure everybody. And I think you and I have had the same experience as well. Not that we're insider journalists at all, but sometimes we do. I can't believe it. Get actual scoops. Uh, but he, he mentions that Chris Drury keeps a very small inner circle and has put a tight lid on leaks. Uh, yeah, no shit. So like a lot of stuff that you read these days uh, from anybody, it's usually coming from other teams or agents. And I know that you made that point on our OT last week. If you want to listen to the OT, Greg and I break down uh, a couple rumors, a couple other things as well. And uh, that's on our Patreon. You can check that out if you'd like. And, but... We, we've been saying this for a while. It's all agent leverage. I mean, let's talk about the Cadre stuff. Oh my goodness. Let's get this out of the way. It, it, mm. I, I, we say a lot of things on this podcast. There is a 0% chance Cadre is a Rangers. I mean, he's a 0. 0. Zilch. Nothing. Nothing. No yeah, chance. I,
1: I, I, the it, it makes all the sense in the world, and we've said this time and time again, for agents and other teams to use the New York Rangers as leverage. Why wouldn't you want the New York Rangers involved with your players or your clients. If you're looking to move them, that is a very easy way to get other people to go. Oh shit. we said the same thing about the Toronto Maple Leafs. They, they fall into the same category. If you involve Toronto, you're involving everyone in the national hockey league because they'll have to, they'll have to take a step back and go, Oh wait, what they're doing. What who's doing? What? Yeah. No. Anyone with anyone who can do two plus two knows that Nazem Kadri is unaffordable for the New York Rangers. But what the New York Rangers have is a need at center and a desire to make their team immediately better. So you do algebra and you're like, yeah, they could use Nazem Kadri, but it's not happening. I don't know how else to say it. It won't, It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But good, good on his agents, man. They know what they're doing. I hope he gets that 8.5 million. I always want players to get the bag.
0: I hope he gets the bag too. He probably deserves it. Uh, one of the better five to five players on that Avalanche team that just won the cup, obviously. But again, the Rangers have no way to make this work. Period. End of story. Uh, if they, if they do sign him, he would have to be like a major discount. He'd be like, yeah, I only want to play in New York and for two years for six million dollars. Why you would ever say that is he wouldn't. Period. End of story. That's why I'm so surprised. I don't with, know. When man. Frank...
1: Hockey 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 players are weird breeds, man. Ryan McDonough didn't want to leave Tampa, and he did. So like,
0: well, you want to start with that now because uh, got a, got a question from was, our, our friend Dan. I'll, I'll just read it real quick. Uh, he said, "What the fuck is the point of no movement contracts and no trade clauses if you can just break them?" There was a story that said that uh, Brian McDonough re- got the request from Breezebois on Wednesday that he to agree to a trade. My man, he has a no move contract. He didn't have to move, but he decided to because the GM asked him nicely. What, what is the point, if that's the case? Are you just trying to be a good friend to everybody else on your team? He said he loved, I guess, loved living in Florida. So then why would he leave?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess the point is McDonough at least got to pick where he went, right? So he's not getting traded to just a team with endless cap space that has no future, like uh, Ottawa or something like that. He at least got to identify the team he wanted to go to. And it's very clear that McDonough chose nashville and nashville was like all right well if he's coming here we're not giving you shit um except more cap space because that's exactly what the fucking how how do they do it i'm serious how do they do it ryan they fucking cheat that's how they do it i don't know what else to tell you (laughs) it's
0: it's Uh, unbelievable also now that
1: i now that i know so much of tampa bay gets triggered when i say the word fraudulent cups i'm gonna say it all the fucking time also shout out to the dumb shit ranger fans that also didn't understand the joke how fucking dumb do you have to be? I'm calling some of you out. It's a clear joke. It's fucking July 4th weekend. You think I'm serious? My goodness. Oh, my God. Be dumber. Cry. Whatever. But anyway, that that is the is the short answer of why you have no movement clauses. You have it so you choose your next spot, and it forces the team to essentially give you away for free. Right. The problem here is that's exactly what the Lightning wanted to do, and the Nashville Predators were more than willing to – allow them to do it i wish mcdonough would have just said i don't feel like moving i signed this contract here for a reason i'm staying but like i said earlier when we were talking cadre nhl players are fucking weird man they they really do think of the team above themselves and it's it's to a point where it's actually like it can't be beneficial to the individual that's all i like does Ryan McDonough really feel like he's in a better situation now that he's in Nashville? No, he loves Tampa. He loves Tampa so much, he wants to see Tampa win so much
0: that he left. That doesn't make any sense. I, I, and it's so weird to, when you're really like an NHL fan that's super into it and diehard about it all, and you follow the NBA in any way possible, like just even on the skirts of what's happening with the trade deadline and some of the trades that Minnesota made for Rudy Gobert and what's going on there. You look, you look Ryan McDonough, who I think you and I would say, <clears throat> I know his, his game is declining a little bit, but is a very serviceable and great top four defenseman. We agree. Okay, good.
1: Now, well, now, I'll, I'll go so far, Ryan, I'll go so far to say to, to use the, the adjective serviceable at this point for Ryan McDonough, seems unfair. Like he's better than that. He's much I under- better I under- than serviceable. I understand. I understand. The, un- understand the concerns about the playoff mileage on his legs and the four years left on this contract, but this guy is still a, I mean, do the math. What? There are 32 NHL teams, four top defensemen for every team. So we're talking about at least uh, like 120 some top like best defensemen in the NHL. Ryan McDonough is one of the 100 best defensemen in the NHL. That is without
0: question. He's probably top 50. If I'm being honest. Probably. Well, that then you so okay. They give Ryan McDonough away as a salary dump, and yes, I know the last two years of that contract might be rough, but they might not be. He might be serviceable. It's a salary dump for for Tampa Bay, and then
1: Tampa Bay's ability to keep Andre Palat and Nick
0: Paul, and then, and then you go to the NBA, and Rudy Gobert at thirty, just just took a whole franchise's future, the whole franchise, like. I would argue that that Ryan McDonough is of the level of importance in some ways, or just below the level of importance of Rudy Gobert on his hockey teams, and he was their salary dump. I don't understand.
1: Yeah. No, it's it's it, it's plain silly, um, and it it's why like when people are like, oh, what are you gonna get for? What are you really gonna get for Pierre Luc Dubois? Uh, nothing because he doesn't want to be there in the NHL has made it sound like if a team has to move a guy or a guy wants to leave, you're not going to get anything in return for him, which again is why Kravtsov is going to be a New York Ranger on opening night because the Rangers fucked around and found out. And it's it's just so dumb how Ryan McDonough, again, a not ideal contract. And yes, if you trade for him, the odds of you being able to trade him again seem low, but you got literally nothing but $700,000 in extra cap space than beyond moving Ryan McDonough. And if that's what the Lightning wanted, God bless them. I do love that Julian Brisbois, a guy that we respect and would probably put in the top five GMs in all of hockey. Uh, he is going to fall for his own trap of, I put a guy next to Stamkos and Kucherov. He played great. And now I got to pay him. They've been doing so well about not paying that guy. Whether it be J.T. Miller or Vlad Nemesnikov. and for some reason it happens for a third time, and Breesbods like, all right, fine, I'll pay this one. I'll pay him. Obviously, it's a skill.
0: I think this time it's just they—they. They, I don't think they think their window's closing, but it's it's deteriorating quickly. I like think they think I have one or two more shots at it, and then that'll be it. If but, you have one or
1: two more shots and you chose out over McDonough, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me.
0: Actually, that's a good point. As soon as you say it like that, it's like, oh, <laughs> never mind. I think yeah, never if you ever- only
1: have one or two more shots at it, I'd rather have McDonough than Pelot. They want to keep Palat because they're trying to keep the window open longer. But I just don't think Palat's that guy. I think – I saw an, an idiotic Edmonton writer this weekend as well say, like, oh, it's a skill for a player to play next to McDavid and dry to the score. Is it? <laughs> what? That's why you want to keep Evander Kane? Because now you're going to make the argument that it's hard to score – Next there, Connor McDavid nah, and man. Leon we Dreisaitl?
0: Saw, we saw Artemi Panarin make other players look like. Jesper Fast looked like a legitimate top six threat. Buddy, Ryan Strom's going to make North a $6 million. Yeah. I mean, just because of Artemi Panarin. He might come <laughs> back. I don't know. We'll Artemi see. Panarin.
1: He's not. I, I'm i tired of this game. Sorry. He's going to
0: stay. He'd be here, man. I, I think he, we'll get into it at some point. I'm sure with the questions. Uh, yeah, man, the Ryan McDonough trade makes no sense to me. Congratulations to the Lightning. They get it. They, teams love to help them over and over again. Don't really get it. But I, I do, I do think this is like, I saw a lot of people clowning on Nashville. I get it. But Nashville's they don't really have like a good future built out. And Ryan McDonough is a solid player. It's fine. I'm good with it. Maybe I'm just getting old hockey man. I have no idea. You want to get to the million questions we have? Uh,
1: I mean, it sounds like we have a lot.
0: Yep, this is. uh, We'll start with five star questions. If you want to go, leave a five star question. You can go our Discord, go to our Patreon, leave a five star question channel. We'll read it on the show. We're going to read some Twitter ones as well today. Uh, This is from J Play. Is one big not talked about piece the Rangers are missing an alligator in the bottom six to help get under the team's skin and put them on the power play more often? You mean like Brendan Lemieux? (laughs) Because they don't miss him like at all. Uh, I would say Ryan Reeves isn't that guy either. But isn't isn't Tyler Mott kind of that player? Well, okay,
1: this is the – what are we asking here? Do we want a piece of shit or do we want a pest? Because I think there are two different things. Because I think right? Tyler is a pest. He's a pest. He, he plays with a lot of speed. He does a lot of things players other players don't want to do. When he's on the ice, he, ha- he makes his presence known, not by necessarily hitting you to death, but just by always being in your face. He's the guy, if you're playing pickup basketball, he's trying the hardest. And you just get annoyed by it sooner or later. Like, I love pests. What I don't think the Rangers need is a piece of shit. And I think that is what this question is implying. Like, a piece of shit is a guy who's just shit-talking, starting fights, not actually adding anything to your team. Like, I wish if the Rangers wanted to sign a player who could do both, like Kadri, that's one thing. But just to sign a piece of shit so you have a piece of shit, that's not the point. Like, that—that that that's not how you build a good hockey team. I don't think that player adds anything. And again, like he's not like by definition, a piece of shit, but what you're asking for is essentially what the Rangers traded assets to get fucking Ryan Reeves for. So like if that player comes freely and is cheap and is $800,000 and is picked up as a free agent and does more than just shit talk. Sure. Great. Wonderful. Do I think the Rangers need it to be successful? Fuck no.
0: Hard no. Agreed. This is from Gump116. As asset boys, how would you rank the Rangers' current assets? Roster players, prospects, even draft picks, considering age, contract, etc. Who would be the worth, worth most in a trade? Who has negative value? So we're not going to go through the whole roster here. I would quickly say that there's there's untouchables being like you know Panarin. I would say he's untouchable. Fox, Igor. We can get all those out of the way. But let's talk about possible available assets. People that could be traded, Greg. Because I, I don't want to go through everybody. Uh, who I have Keandre Miller as the most valuable asset being traded.
1: Uh, I, I think he's untouchable. I think he's I don't right under the level. Right there.
0: I, I, I don't think
1: there is any realistic trade target the Rangers would include Keandre Miller in a trade for.
0: Okay, so then the next up is probably Kako and Hedel, If that's, my, that's where I'm I at.
1: would say Hedl's stock will never be higher. Um, never. Most Mostly because, one, he's coming off a great playoff, but also, two... Like, his contract fits on every team, and that does matter. That matters a lot. Uh, I would say Kako is two. I would say Othman's probably three. I think Othman's a little lower,
0: to be honest.
1: Well, no, here's my argument is the Rangers have devalued so many of their own assets so much that Othman's value therefore gets inflated. Do I think Brennan Othman's going to be a better player than Niels Lundqvist? Not necessarily, but I think the Rangers kind of tanked their own stock like the hype Lundqvist the hype
0: of value of uh lundquist is gone where the hype for yes. Hoffman's kind of still there like yes, hey, because if, if you're
1: if you're one of the 31 other nhl teams yep you you could at least make you make the argument that like the new york rangers damaged goods their own player a little bit and not only that that player now kind of wants out so again anytime a player anytime you can make a case that a player wants out congratulations the value on that player decreases by at least 25 percent. so I, I i do look at players like if the rangers dangled Niels lundquist what they could get for him this year is vastly different from what they could have gotten for him last year like yeah lundquist could be a piece in the pure luke dubois trade but last year we were talking about him as the main piece in a jack eichel trade and that shit just ain't gonna happen because the, the rangers did this same thing with kraftsoff like i can't put kraftsoff above lundquist or Othman because up until this point the new york rangers have made it very clear that they value him significantly less than they do other players in the organization. And teams know that. And now his value is so low that the Rangers almost have to keep him.
0: Looking at this, and I'm thinking about the entire roster, would you say that Ryan Reeves has negative value or positive value? I, could, you, I, I, could You're not getting you're, the third-round pick back, but could you trade Ryan Reeves right now for a fourth?
1: I think you could probably find a team... That would give you a third for Reeves.
0: I think that's interesting. I'll put it that way. I think because I think Hayek is a negative. I think guys like Rooney. I think Gauthier is probably a negative, even though they're. I know he's quote unquote requested a trade this week. Yeah, can we talk about this? I, this is something
1: I wanted to bring up because it sure. was haunting my my thoughts as I was driving home from Long Island yesterday. Is there any other sport, any other sport, where you have to sign a contract to make you more tradable? No. What. No. The Rangers signed Julian Gauthier because they're trying to trade him because I guess they didn't want to just let him become a free agent. What? You think that fifth rounder is that different? What? What? I, I just, it, this is at least the third time now I've seen it. We saw it with Jake DeBrusque, right? Who signed a two-year deal on trade deadline day and everyone's like, well, now it'll be easier to trade. And then we saw it with Kravtsov and everyone's like, well, now it'll be easier to trade. And now we see it with Gauthier and we might see it with Georgiev. like, what are we doing? Why is this? They might tell you Georgiev, by the way. Like it's crazy. Just to if, try and trade him. Ryan, Ryan, I cannot. I can't <laughs> that either. Is, that, is, <laughs> that, that podcast will
0: be something else.
1: I just I don't have any other way to describe it beyond I cannot with Alex Georgiev. Why in this summer of 2022? Am I still having Kjorgiev trade conversations? But also,
0: why is the conversation still teams have called and the Rangers are asking for a pick and a prospect? What best, is happening? I
1: don't, <laughs> I don't know if you listened to 32 Thoughts earlier this week when Freeman was I like, it, I, I didn't think listen. most teams are just going to see if he's going to become a free agent uh, no because shit. the ask is ridiculous. And I'm sitting there
0: like, yeah, why would they? <laughs> If, the, if someone called up and was like, hey, we'll give you a third for right now for Alexander Giorgio, like, do you want me to uh, drive him or fly him there? <laughs> like, what do, you, what do you want me to do? How can I help you?
1: Oh, my God. A player and a prospect is what the Rangers expect. What in are we doing? World, In what world? Like, you know what, though? Let's zag a little bit here. Props to Chris Drury for understanding that there are so many stupid GMs in the National Hockey League that maybe he might. Maybe he might get a player and a
0: prospect. I mean, just keep asking. Just keep asking until someone says yes. I, I, that, if that's the case and it works, Drury, you're a better man than I. But, Gorton had plenty of chance to trade this man. And for Drury had, uh, Drury had plenty of chances. What are we
1: talking about?
0: They had legitimate offers out there that were I wouldn't I wouldn't say good. They were good offers, but they were on they the table. They second round picks. Yeah, they do. They did. Ugh. all right. Uh, this next one is from uh, Barbie uh, Bacala. Is it Bobby? I've said Barbie. I think it's Bobby. <laughs> Ooh. Is it crazy to include Ryan Lind- Lindgren in a trade for a PLD-level player instead of Kako? I tend to agree with Greg that Lindgren is a- will inevitably turn into Girardi. I also think it's his trade value is higher. Would appreciate your thoughts on this also. Uh, it wouldn't be t- like the craziest thing ever, but I think I think the Jets are probably going to want a more controllable asset than just Ryan Lindgren, and Adam Fox would be pretty pissed off. Put it that way.
1: Well, I'll actually, I'll say this. I don't think it makes a ton of sense to trade Lindgren for a PLD because you're just filling a hole by creating a different hole. And I'm not saying Keandre Miller isn't capable of playing top-line minutes. No, he absolutely is. But by bringing in PLD and moving out Lindgren, you will have to bring in a top-four defenseman and you won't get him for $3 million. So it's... It's one of those scenarios where if you want to talk Lindgren and Chickren trades, it makes all the sense in the world because you are getting the guy who would be replacing Ryan Lindgren. And that's one thing. I'm all for that. But to trade Lindgren for a non-defenseman, I don't think it accomplishes what you want it to accomplish. Yes, you become better offensively and your top six becomes solidified. But now you've just thrown your top four into upheaval. And quite you're frankly, a of, that's is,
0: very solid by the way.
1: Yeah. Right. You're taking, you're, you're taking a ship that's on steady seas and putting it in a hurricane. Like it's, it's just kind of unnecessary, especially when you consider that again, there are ways to address your top six without, you know, shitting in the waters. That is your defensive pool.
0: I like this next question. It's from paranoid Android. Are there any confirmed reports that Panarin lobbies heavily or flat out dictates who his line mates will be? Whether it's Hidal, Kako, etc. We've heard so much chatter on this and other boards, but I've seen nothing substantial in terms of confirmed reporting. If true, considering Panarin's average playoff performance, should the team stop listening to any of his suggestions if they're conflicting with long term development goals? The only official, or if you want to call this official, reporting on this has been Rick's last article before he retired. Pretty much mentioned that Kako didn't want to play, or uh, Panarin didn't want to play with Kako. Outside of that, you can look at the body. You can become a body language doctor. That's some people I like and respect. Show me that this is not the case. I've heard rumors of it, but there has been no official report. And that official report would never come out. Like, Panera, that that would, nev- that would never get leaked. Period. Uh, so I'll say it's true, but I also don't think we'll ever get a confirmation on it. As weird as that sounds.
1: I'll say this. Um, I think it's totally fine for Panera to say the players he'd prefer to play with. I think it's absolutely insane if the coach is allowing him to dictate who he plays with. Totally agree. Coach, coach has to be the adult in the room, and we've said this multiple times before. If there's a difference between, you know, listening to the wants and desires of your players and bending to them, right? You don't, I don't think Artemi Panarin is going to demand a trade because he's playing with Capo Kako. I'd be very surprised, like very surprised. And guess what? If the coach thinks that's what's best for the team, not just the individual player, I sure hope that is what the coach is deciding to do. Otherwise, at this point, I mean, it would be hard to find things you would have a coach for, right? If players were deciding who they were playing with. Like at some point, the coach has to do something to justify his existence.
0: Yeah, that's the whole point of coaching. Shocker. Uh, This is for Bradley. What's the worst Ranger game you've ever witnessed in person? I have a really easy answer for this. I drove to MSG during a pandemic, wore a mask, saw the Rangers lose to the Islanders uh, for nothing in a lifeless game with maybe 150 people at MSG, and it was hollow, lifeless, and miserable. And I drove back to Philadelphia, and it was just Uh, terrible.
1: I can one-up you. I drove six hours to Ottawa. The week before oh, Thanksgiving, yes, to watch the Rangers lose a lifeless four nothing game with 150 people in Ottawa. Yeah, that's true, and that, that was pre pandemic.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, so yeah, I'd say that that game. Let me put it this way: that Senators game was so bad that the next night I was supposed to go to Rangers Canadians in Montreal. I decided and, and, not to, and that game was bad. And the Rangers came back and won six to four. It was the game they fell behind four nothing and that destroyed all Canadian
0: souls and won, like, 6 more. Good times. Now, uh, this is from David. Have we heard the pros and cons of the PLD trade from an asset management perspective, roster lineup in the top six perspective, cap perspective, and from a stats perspective, but have we considered that he's extremely hot? <laughs> <laughs> I, we haven't considered this. I'm just...
1: Listen, uh, every day, I know he's having a great season, Starling Marte, but every time he comes on my TV, if I'm watching the game with someone... It's almost like a contractual obligation for me to turn that person and go, he's a good looking man.
0: He's a good looking guy.
1: <laughs> I, wouldn't,
0: I, I wouldn't mind the he's a good looking guy player. I always like having them on the team.
1: I, just, I like the idea of a PLD 2.0. The Mets had Paul LaDuca, and now we got Pierre Luc Dubois. And I think <laughs> I'm at the point in my life where I'm ready for another PLD.
0: Me too. This is from our friend Randy. If, if Ryan Strom is re signed, what does it mean for lineup construction, plus or minus? I think it's actually a huge negative for the power play uh, because yes. Lafreniere will not be playing on it. If well, right, no, honest. I don't think
1: it's a negative for the power play. I think it's a negative for Lafreniere's for development. Yes. Lafreniere's development. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I also like it's a negative from the perspective of it's just the most boring option. Like at some point at some, like if the Rangers resign Strom, I know we've said this before and we were saying it a lot during uh the extension season last year. But if they resign Strom, that's really fucking it. Like the next big decision they have to make is not for two plus years. And you're just—it's one thing if the Rangers don't want to make a decision for two years, but they at least bring in a new center. You have a shiny new toy you get to look at and you get to dream about. If they just bring Strom, the New York Rangers really haven't will go from the 2020 draft to the 2024 offseason without making a single big move, and that's just. It's just boring, if I'm honest, like as a sports fan, you want to do you want to do at least something every year. And if they just run it back with Strom, it's just like, were we really are we really just a healthy Ryan Strom away from being that team? Is that really what play what this
0: team lacks? And it, ah, it just it's just so boring to me. This is from uh, D.O. Ryan H. The Rangers transaction that pleasantly surprised you and one that didn't ever live up to how excited you were when the transaction went through. I think uh, Kevin Shattenkirk is that one. I was pumped when Kevin Shattenkirk was was signed. Like I was like, oh, this is the piece. Like this is going to bring us. This is what Henrik needed. <laughs> like this is finally it. And then the transaction that pleasantly surprised me is that when they traded for Keandre Miller, I was super pumped, and uh, turned out it worked out. Worked out really well. Hard.
1: When they not when they when they drafted him because yeah, he wasn't he, traded to draft him. Yeah. He was not, I don't remember what player we were really hoping for, but I remember being like pretty mild on, um, uh, Niels? Yeah, that the, the words that I'm looking for cool. that I'm currently fart having. noise. That's good. Yeah. I don't remember. I just, I'm with you where like when the Rangers got Miller, I was like, what? All right. Well, all right. I'll see how it plays out. And it's just, it's been like the best case scenario. It's been awesome. Um, now I'm looking at his player page and he actually scored sixty-seven points for the Rangers, which was a career high. Oh, nope. Sorry. I'm getting it confused. He scored uh he only played 18 games and immediately scored 67 points after leaving the Rangers. So this checks out for me. The transaction, if I go way into the Wayback Machine, boy, was I excited when the Rangers traded for Nick Antropov. I thought that dude was gonna be the fucking truth. And then he sucked. And then he left and he had a career year. And I was like, I don't know, this sucks for me personally. And then I went into like a little range of depression where I ignored them for like four years until you asked me if I wanted to do a podcast.
0: Here we are, And here we are. So uh, in,
1: in, indirectly, this is Nick Antropov's fault.
0: Uh, Dr. Zarius asks about Qadri. I am just going to say, it's not happening. Uh, Adam Furlong asks, if you participate and be competitive in an eating competition on the 4th of July, what food would you pick? Please feel free to use this as a launching point to discussion whether a hot dog is a sandwich or not. We will not do that, but because it is. Hmm, anyway, uh, it's a hot dog. Anyway, uh, Adam Furlug. I think. So, what's the rules? It's how many you can eat in ten minutes. Like what? What is the most I
1: could? Yeah. What's What's the food item I can eat the most of in a ten minute stretch? I'm guessing.
0: I guess because or is it the thing I I want to eat the most of in ten minutes? I feel well, like answer my it, answer is... Answer it
1: both ways. Answer it both ways. I
0: always feel like my answer is meatballs, and I don't know why. Like, Swedish meatballs, I just feel like I could slam them down. Like, it's just like, they're just tiny meatballs. How bad could well, it be? Wasn't
1: that one of, your, one of the questions where we would also ask people, how many Swedish meatballs can you eat in eight minutes?
0: It's a, 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 can you, Could you eat a meatball a minute for an hour? That's one of my favorite questions. <laughs> um, could I you think eat a Swedish the... meatball a minute for an hour? And the answer is, people. I think people think they could. And I don't know if they could.
1: It's a small meatball. I think you I think you can. 60 meatballs in an hour?
0: Yeah, meatball a minute.
1: Yeah, I think that's fine. It's like a power hour.
0: It's like a power hour for Swedish meatballs from Ikea. Yeah,
1: you get drunk on meat. Uh, the food item I would want to eat the most, uh, pork dumplings, man. I would just give me yeah, like a, a bite-sized one. pork dumpling. Let me eat that for 12 minutes. Yeah, I'm that's pretty good. sure I could do a number. The actual food item I think I can eat the most of in 12 minutes, I'm going to go with a fried shrimp.
0: Oh, fried shrimp is good. I, it's just so fried is... When you when you start eating fried food over and over again like that, you just get over you, yeah, get oversaturated by that grease.
1: Yeah, but I think I, I think like if if you put every food in front of me and what food would come victorious in terms of items I ate most of in twelve minute stretch, I'd say fried shrimp.
0: Again, I want to say a vegetable to say that to try and be somewhat healthy, but then I was like probably fried Brussels sprouts and like what am I doing? Never mind.
1: <laughs> You're frying the vegetable. That, that yeah, eats the
0: vegetable doesn't doesn't fucking matter. Uh, this is from Dan from LI. Follow-up questions to that: Which Ranger player could eat the most hot dogs in a hot dog eating contest? It's Chris Kreider. It's one of his secret talents. <laughs> he probably, he's probably in the co- contest right now. You have if no you, idea.
1: If you found out one day that Chris Kreider was an actual hot dog, would you be surprised?
0: <laughs> no, he's in, he, he CGI in a movie as like a as a piece of bread in uh what's that what's that uh, oh sausage movie? party? Yeah, he's he's in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's totally he's not weird.
1: voicing the character, which is a crazy decision on his part. But it was weird. I'm trying. I've always, I like to play this game with myself once a week where I try to think of what's the most ridiculous Chris Kreider related story that I would actually go, well, that doesn't seem plausible. And I never find the correct answer. Um, Like, if you found out Chris Kreider was legitimately raised by wolves, I'd believe it. If you found out Chris Kreider was uh, the Matt Damon character in The Martian and he just like grew potatoes out of shit, I'd believe it. Um, If you told me Chris Kreider was like, the, a vampire i'd believe it uh if you told me chris Kreider is the ghost writer behind goodwill hunting i'd believe <laughs> it like you keep going down the list and i just you told me chris Kreider actually ran one of the five families in new york and brought peace to the mafioso i'd believe it like it, you just there is no story too fantastical for it to be not true about chris Kreider.
0: It's so funny because personality-wise, he's just like a stoic leader, and we just make him out to be Jigsaw, which he is.
1: Yeah, buddy, that, that that's called fascism. <laughs> <laughs> no politics. All right, this is
0: <laughs> happy Fourth of July, uh, political holiday. This is from Joe Boy Nine Thousand. We're going to the Twitter questions now. How likely is it that Drury keeps the uh, the moves to a minimum in order to bank cap space over time, opting to await trades and waiver options that inevitably or invariably happened during the opening weeks of the season. I think Drury's out there looking. He's got assets he has to move. Like Vince Vince wrote about this last week. You have to move Lundquist soon. Otherwise, the the values continue to uh, depreciate in value.
1: Yeah. So his hand's kind of forced there. Um, I I don't think the Rangers will spend to the cap again. And I think they'll leave. Drury is good about leaving himself wiggle room at the trade deadline. And, you know... We know players will become available at the trade deadline that we're not thinking about right now, a la Andrew Kopp, Frank Petrano, Tyler Mott, uh, Justin Braun, like all those guys. Those guys will be available again, but like those guys are filler pieces and not the guys you're trying to build a winner with. I think the Rangers understand that they need a significant piece, at least one right now. And I like, I think the Rangers have learned the mistake of Patrick Nemeth where if they need a defenseman, they'll trade for one in season. They're not going to sh- worry about that right now. Um, but I, I, the Rangers understand that they can't go into the season without another center. Uh, so they will make a move for a center. Whether that move is super splashy or whether that move is the most boring move possible, there will be a move. But I do think once the Rangers address that center position, I don't think we're going to see much else after that. Then I think it's going to become very boring. Like if the Rangers resign Strom, I expect them to do a depreciated asset for depreciated asset trade where they move Lundqvist um but I once they address center, that's it. I don't see them doing shit
0: else. If they do something else it's very small wing sign.
1: I'm I'm not counting though whoever becomes the Rangers backup goalie, I'm not counting whoever becomes the Rangers 7th defenseman. I don't count those. Like they will not make a signing of more than two million dollars once they make their signing of a center. That's my point.
0: Agreed on all that. Uh, this is from Daniel Weharach. Uh, that's not right. Is There's it go- zero it- chance? That's right. Yep, zero percent chance. Uh, is is going out and trading for uh, PLD or PDL rather? Really worth it. No, it's P- it's PLD. What do you mean PD? My brain. I have dyslexia, so it changes things, and I re- reread it. In yeah, my but head. you said it right, and then corrected it to I, the wrong. Because I got afraid that I was wrong, and I changed it, and then I'm oh, I'm God. an idiot. Uh, from you what really it's from what it sounds like, one of Heedle or Kako would have to be involved to make it work, along with another valuable piece, just to get a guy who I personally never seen as elite. You have to remember that again. This player is still 23, has been disgruntled in multiple places, and can be is still developing into the prime of his career. Great player. What? I don't think he's not, elite. Not, forget, forget all that.
1: Why am I not? Why Are you serious? I have to trade one of Hito or Kako? That was going to next do so I have to say I have to trade one of Hito or Kako?
0: I, we do not have evidence for that at all. I, like, I, I think these rumors to get clicks and to talk about things, like, yes, they're going to ask for for Hito or Kako. Of course they are. But the Rangers know that unless they get a couple big pieces, their right wing line for next year is just Lafreniere, Kako, Kraftsoff. If, and though, I know that's a really young right side of the ice, but they don't have better options. Even if they trade one of those, those players, it's not really looking great as soon as you get past the first two lines. So I don't, I don't really see them trading Heatle, especially if you're going to trade a piece, it's going to be Hedl. And the, the argument for that is this, his value will not be higher. As we talked about earlier, maybe you don't actually believe in him and other teams think they do. And maybe that's wrong. Maybe that's right. But if you're going to trade it, it's going to be him. I think it's heat away before Kako because you need centers. But if you're going to be trading for another center, you can make the case Goodrow's your third line center or something else, et cetera. But Kako, is, like, your right-wing depth is bad. It's real bad. And to not have him around uh, even on a, on a very cheap deal seems like a really stupid move. Seems really stupid.
1: Yeah, and I think people get confused. You have to remember back to something we said earlier on this podcast, and Vince reported it. and But it's something we've been saying along the way as well. Chris Jory runs a tight ship. You're not going to hear about what Chris Jory wants to do unless it's coming from another team or an agent, right? Rule number one, that's not going to happen. So then what you are going to hear from other teams, of course other teams will ask about Hito and Kako. Why wouldn't they? It would be irresponsible for them not to. So yes, Hito and Kako's names are the ones you're going to hear in trade rumors because those are the guys teams really want. Here's the thing. If the Rangers actually wanted to trade one of those guys, they'd be trading. The deal would be done. The Rangers would have met the ask. It'd be over. You don't, those names, the longer you hear a name connected in trade rumor, the less likely to me it is that the Rangers will trade that player because the name's not coming from the Rangers. And it means the Rangers don't want to trade the guy. So I don't have any evidence just because the Pierre Luc Dubois, Patrick Line trade is so unique in terms of there are two guys who didn't want to be where they were. So they were traded for each other. Spoiler alert, they still don't want to be where they were. But this is something else I've said previously, where you're at least have to be a little skeptical that a player is asking out of a second location. And if they're asking out of a second location, you have to ask the question of if it's truly a player not being a fit where they are, or if it's kind of on the player at that point. And once you start bringing those questions into consideration, again, it's like a player requesting a trade. You lose 25% of your trade value. So whatever you think it should cost to get Pierre-Luc Dubois, shave 25% off it. It's going to be Niels Lundqvist, probably at least one first-round pick, and maybe another prospect outside of that. You're going to be surprised by how low this guy goes for. It's not going to make a lot of sense.
0: But and even then, NHL, like Friedman Friedman's saying that, that that trade's really not even available and it's all fake. It's like okay, cool. Like yeah. I, and Friedman's also come out and been like, I don't really have a lot on the Rangers side. He doesn't say that, but he's alluded to it because Chris.
1: Yeah, right, because he has no information. Yes. So it it's this is the world we live in now. You're gonna hear player names that other teams want. It has zero zero correlation to whether the Rangers want to trade that player. Sometimes it does. Like we know they wanted to move Krafts off. And we know Lundqvist is wanted out, but when it comes to Hidal and Kako, those names are only coming up because that's what teams want. That's it.
0: From Woodrow Sweats, do you do you have a 100 hockey men moment that sticks out to you? Uh, I guess for me, Greg, it was probably be when they just fired JD and Gorton. <laughs> Definitely because they were being 100 hockey men. They were trying to protect other 100 hockey men. Uh, the, when the letter came out and, and JD was like, eh, get it. Uh, well, I, I don't think rather. that, I don't think, no, I think this
1: question is saying, what is your 100 hockey men moment? As in, you participated in a 100 or 200 hockey men thought.
0: Oh, hmm. you're not
1: good at you're not good at this, are you? No, you're podcasting
0: definitely not. I mean, we've been pretty honest about that for a really long time. Don't know what i mine meaning.
1: is. Mine is I just like I just don't care about the analytics on Jacob Truba. Like he, that boy, I'm a that boy good hockey watcher. Got that dog in him. That's it. That's it. Like, I don't care what the, I don't care what the numbers are. I don't care anything. It's like, I see Jacob Truba and I'm like that boy. Good. That's it. He, he checks every Greg box. And if that's a 200 hockey men box, I feel like I've had a lot of hundred
0: hockey men takes this year. I just feel like I'm getting old. Like Ryan Reeves is another one. Yeah, I love Ryan Reeves. I don't care. Every time
1: someone throws a chart at me, it's like, that's cool. I love him. I don't care. I don't care. I think that's another 200 hockey men thought of ours. I've
0: come come around to Goodrow. It's just a contract. I think he's a fine player. I think his charts are whack. It's whatever. I don't care.
1: And I guess like if we were to go, what is our least 200 hockey men moment? It has to be for me at least. Like, I don't care. Don't explain it to me. Left wingers should be able to play right wing. It's not this hard. I don't, it makes me irrationally angry. If a left fielder can play right field, why can't a left winger play right wing? This is fucking stupid. I hate it.
0: Well, that's why, I say with on defense, but that's why Nashville has four left-handed defensemen now. Fun.
1: Rangers uh, just really are like the only team that, I feel like the only team that's like,
0: well, it can only be three and three. It's just mad. That's just the way it is. Uh, Joshua Carter asks, why does the NHL favor Pittsburgh as a market so much? I think they really haven't favored him as a market so much, and the team is well run. And we hate to admit it a lot of the time, and a lot of that well, there comes There was through... a time where the team wasn't well
1: run. That's, and the NHL did rig a lottery for them. That's that's, that's the one time, time I'm talking about, Gregory.
0: That's the one time.
1: Oh. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think if Mario Lemieux never played for Pittsburgh, this would be an interesting question. But he did, so here we are.
0: It. They just have the best, the most one of the most marketable star players in the league on their team. That's why they have to favor them. City Crosby. Yeah, is there.
1: there's the, yeah. Well, let's see how let's see how the coverage of the Pittsburgh Penguins look when Sidney Crosby retires in ten years.
0: <laughs> oh my fucking God, sniper. he's gonna play ten fucking years. Uh, this is for Brian. Would you say that the recent years have given New York Rangers a more intense rivalry with the Carolina Hurricanes and Tampa Bay Lightning than other traditional rivals who have been underperforming in recent seasons? I think the Islanders are still one to the, on a team on a team level. I think the the Rangers yeah. hate the Islanders.
1: I don't. I don't really. I don't find myself building rivalries with teams that are good while my team is good. Right? Like I, I have moments of negative thoughts about the St. Louis Cardinals, but I don't stay up every night, hoping the Cardinals lose. Um, I have moments where the Los Angeles Dodgers piss me off, but I'm not checking where the Dodgers are in the standings every day. Like it's, I understand it's different in this instance where like the hurricanes play in the Rangers division. So it, it could work. I think for me, at least, Rivalries aren't something that can ever be adjusted. Once you have hate in your heart, it doesn't actually go away. So there's nothing on God's green earth that will make me hate the Philadelphia Flyers less. Like that percentage is already eaten up. And I think the same thing about the Islanders to a much lesser extent than you. But like your rivals are your rivals. That's not like that shit gets written in pen, not pencil. I think you don't the team, the, think team legitimately hates
0: hate some of them too, but like the Devils, like I know they're a rival, but they're not really right now. Like, I don't think the Rangers we, team hates them. The, the, the Rangers are a rival
1: to the Devils. Just because you are some team's rival doesn't mean you have to be, they have to be a rival to you. This is a very common thought. Like uh, the, the best example of that, that I can think of is um, the Mets are a rival to the Washington Nationals. Not a single Met fan has a single thought about a Washington National fan. Mostly because we believe they don't exist. Uh but that like, like that's just it.
0: And you can so have like, new rivalries. For example, the Yankees and Astros, I think you'd call that a legitimate rivalry.
1: Yeah, but that's born out of hate. Like it has to be born out of hate. I don't I just because the hurricanes are good, that doesn't make me hate them. It makes me want to beat them, yes, but I don't I don't hate the Carolina hurricanes. And plus, I have no reason to. A lot of my life has been spent beating them. So I don't have any kind of hardship on my end to build a rivalry i just to me i just i don't think rival like new ones can prop up but it's not because the team is good like the team has to has to slight me and offend me in a way and i the lightning should offend the entire national hockey league not just the new york rangers but i like i'm i don't have i don't think so in the in
0: this scenario scenario uh this is from they made me sign up did drury always look at as cop as a rental and was pld just not available at the deadline, wouldn't it have made sense to pay more for him at the trade deadline uh, than for Cop and others? And you, you get what he's saying here. Well, I don't think he always looked at Cop as a as a as a, de- as a rental. No way. I think he looked at the, at the intent to probably sign and then realized uh, they couldn't come to an agreement because before Cop came to the New York Rangers, his number was probably like four million. He somehow earned himself like a two million dollar bump in a contract, which takes the Rangers out of it, and he played really well. Another team's gonna sign him for a longer-term deal that the Rangers can't afford to do. Like they can't sign Cop to seven years. It's just untenable. It's not. A, they're not allowed to do it. And PLD probably wasn't available. And the Jets probably weren't willing to talk that, talk about him because, uh, well, they had still had control. They didn't want to rush anything, and they were still trying to make the playoffs. It wasn't gonna happen.
1: No, and I think the Rangers at the time were more interested in a guy like Shifley. Like I, I don't, I don't think. Thinking, i thinking it's hard to try to make yourself think the way Chris Jerry thinks, but I don't think Chris Jerry's thought process was, I need another young guy to add to this collection of young men. I think he wanted on, on the, on the heels of a playoff push, a guy who has been there, done that a little bit more than Pierre-Luc Dubois. So if it wasn't going to be Mark Shifley, I think Drury thought to himself, I'd rather just keep my assets and roll these dice again in the off season and who is really going to be available. Because really all he traded was the a potential first where, again, if the New York Rangers were uber successful, that first doesn't matter. And that's exactly what happened. But I, I, it's really easy at the time to play like should the Rangers have gone in more. I don't think anybody was expecting the Rangers to make it to an Eastern Conference final. And I think the moves the Rangers made at the deadline reflected that, where they wanted to reinforce the team. They wanted to show the team that they are proud of their performance and that they deserve the added ammunition to make this playoff push. But I don't think anyone at last year's deadline would have right. thought it would have been a good time to go all in, and that's why the Rangers didn't.
0: And you're drinking an A plus for the deadline, by the way, fucking crushed yeah, it. You nailed it. You nailed fucking it. Crushed it. Uh, this is from uh, Bruce. Are folks using recency bias with Hede?l Or is he really about to break out? I think the signs are there for a breakout. It's all there. The, the, Kocko and Heedle haven't had chances to really perform in long stretches where they were healthy. He yep. broke his hand last year. Wait,
1: wait. What What is? What really is this question? The only time you predict breakouts is by using recency bias. <laughs> That's, That's a good it. point. Solid like, point. If, if, you know what would be a really weird thing to say? If Heedle sucked in the playoffs, oh, man, I think he's ready for a breakout. No. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I think he's ready for a breakout because he clearly just played his best hockey when it mattered the most. What other time would I say he's available? He's primed for a You breakout. would not. You would not.
0: You would not. I don't this like is...
1: making fun of the questions, but that's a funny question.
0: It is funny, Bruce. Uh, Sharkbait asks, put tinfoil hat on. Uh, the NHL is keeping the Coyotes alive in the hopes, and apparently to apply pressure to, Matthews to sign there and as the savior of hockey in Arizona. There's no way. There's, uh, <laughs> there's no chance. I, I don't think Matthews re-signs with the Leafs. I think that's probably a hot take for Toronto, but the Coyotes to play I, in front of five thousand fans if they show I up. Don't
1: know. I, I mean, I think the reason the NHL wants to stay in Arizona is because it's one of the few like it, it's it's one of the states where people just keep moving there. It's
0: a big like market. The
1: popul- it's huge. Yeah, like the Scottsdale market has increased like something like hundred and fifty percent in the last decade. Um, and Glendale is now one of the biggest... The Glendale-Phoenix market is like a top-ten market. It's just like, I think the NHL is still embarrassed about how things went in Atlanta, again. And now they're kind of stubbornly sticking to their guns well beyond the point of maturation. Like, and you know what? I don't... There are Coyote fans. Like, there's a desire for a team. Everything that's fucking it up is just the ownership choices the nhl makes time and time again like i i think it's really that simple i don't know necessarily if it's like oh there's no market for a hockey team in arizona i don't think that's it i just think the nhl in the most hilarious nhl fashion can't find a 32nd rich person to properly own a hockey team
0: so stupid uh, this next question is from slickrick 23 Alexi Lafreniere over under twenty five goals next season. I'll take the under. I what? think. He's, yeah, I will. I don't think he's gonna score twenty five. It's just there's how many so goals much...
1: Do you think he? How many goals do you think he had this year?
0: You're uh, off the top of your head, in the regular season. Yeah. Was it eleven? No, it was twenty one. Did he really? Yeah. Holy shit! What's your problem? I don't know. Is this really 20's goal scorer this year. Oh my goodness. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> what is your what is your deal?
1: Now good. I need it. Now I'm, I'm double, double checking just to make sure, but He's I think control. you're a big dumb idiot. Oh, I'm sorry. He had 19. He had 19.
0: Okay. Still good. Is that, that's including playoffs or not?
1: No, that's just regular season, buddy.
0: Boy. Okay. 25 goals seems very tenable, especially if it's on the power play. Take the over. Yeah. Sounds good.
1: Yeah. Oh, do I? <laughs> no, about you. You're taking the under. You're, you're taking the under so I can call you an idiot. That, Sounds that's good. the only reason you're doing
0: it. I'll take the under. That was bad research by Ryan. That's what that's called. That bad was horrible. 11. He had 12 as a rookie. True. I mean, maybe I'm like, is it like I was thinking even strength goals, but they're all even strength, this aren't is, they? This is your this is your 200
1: hockey man moment. This where is you're like, good. oh, Alexei Lafreniere didn't score much. It's more of an but assist guy. Goals?
0: More of an assist guy, that's for sure. Yeah, uh,
1: Twelve assists, buddy. Oh
0: my goodness, I'm just eating the shit on this one. <laughs> uh, let's answer another silly question. This is from Mike yeah. Parliament. Uh, why don't you bring uh-huh. listeners on as guests? Oh, we don't. We don't do that. Not a lot of podcasts do that. <laughs> Just
1: saying.
0: Uh, I've had people ask me, and the answer is usually no. And it's not that I don't like you. I think you're a cool person. We just like... It's
1: what what the vibe checks are for, guys. We we host those.
0: We're going to host more of them. If we were going to bring on a guest, I promise it would be one of our top supporters. But
1: that's also also like uh, the difference between podcast and actual radio, right? Like, we're not doing a call-in show.
0: Yeah. Like, maybe we'll do a call-in show sometime in the next year. If I figure out how to do it. But... Those college shows are fun. I have a great time when we do them. But that's just not what we do for the podcast. Uh, This is from uh, Zach. Do you think there's a reasonable chance Mulkin will sign with the Rangers? And if so, how do you think the fit would be? I don't think this chance is zero. But I think it's close to zero. Mostly because he wants to get paid. He should want to get paid. But the fit would be sick. Mulkin's good. Mulkin's very good.
1: I've been meaning to slide into the Twins DMs. Because I just don't understand how they got to his projected contract salary i like i'm dying to know and i'm sure there's a perfectly rational explanation that takes emotion and actual player name out of it entirely but like do i if if malkin reaches unrestricted free agency i'd say i'd say the odds of it right now are like five percent if he reaches unrestricted free agency I'd probably still only go as high as like 25 just because I really just don't see a scenario in which he's accepting a deal for where the number doesn't start with five. And I, I just, I think other contenders will just drop a bigger bag than the Rangers are prepared to. Cause the Rangers don't have money. That's why
0: I think we hit a lot of the questions, Greg,
1: but also just like if the number doesn't start with like, if he signs for less than five, why isn't he a penguin? I think that's all, that's my that's my other question. Like, there's there's some of this that where I take a step back and go, okay, what's what's actually going on here? Not to not to win horse this up really good. I, the Windhorse, uh, by the way, legendary, incredible, legendary. Third third favorite movie of the year is that first take with Brian Windhorse. What what's going on in Utah? Who knows what in Utah? My 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 favorite fan theory so far is the Wolves traded for all those guys in the Gobert trade. Uh, the the Wolves sent all those guys in the Gold Bear trade for one of them to come back to him and just tell him what's going on in Utah. Um, Ugh, but so bad. Like if, if, if Malkin eventually signs a short-term deal that isn't paying him north of $6 million, I need to know why it's not in Pittsburgh. And until someone can give me an actual answer to that question, I'm just going to be super skeptical about everything.
0: How many second graders do you think you and Greg could take in a fight? I would never punch a kid.
1: So there you go. Well, I, I have no problem punching kids if they deserve it. Um, <laughs> I think second graders – here's the problem with second graders, okay? There's a lot. Some second graders, you hit them once, they go down, they stay down. They Other die. ones
0: just keep coming back.
1: They just keep coming back. They're, they think it's funny. They're like fucking under, The Undertaker. They just don't fucking
0: – They don't go away. Right. It's so probably it's, it's a, probably around 11. Eleven might be a lot. Since how I, many goals did Lafreniere scored this year? I think 11's... i I'm, like,
1: I'm gonna get tired, like punching these kids. I think. <laughs> um, and again, again, I'm compromised right now, where like yeah. all these kids have to do is go for my legs. Yeah, and I'm not gonna be able yeah. to do it. You're like an ATAT
0: so, AT Walker in Star Wars, you know this? I know. I, I think yeah.
1: I think I'm at six. If if um, I'm got, man. I'm gonna feel so good after the first three. Like I'm gonna land some real good game yep, makers nice and hits. rights yep. on the three, and I'm going to be like, oh, I could do this all fucking day. And then I'm going to get to about the sixth one. The fist is going to get a little swollen. The arms are going to get tired. I'm going to be out of breath. I'm going to be like, fuck, these kids just don't fucking go away. I, I I think sixth, no question. I'd like to think 10, but I think like a classroom of second graders, they're going to overmatch. me.
0: This is the last question we'll do. It's from Jason Silberman. You didn't want to end on punching sixth, second graders. No. Okay. With, the une- uh, with the unexpected success of getting the Easter Conference Finals comes perhaps unfair expectations. If the I... Rangers don't make the Easter Conference Finals in 22-23, is this a season of failure? And has Gallant done enough to buy him one more season no matter the result? Mm, I don't know. I, I don't... think if they get knocked out it... by a great team in the first round, it is what it is. That happens. It's just a...
1: This is like a... This is one of those unfair hypotheticals where I just, I don't know. It, a lot depends on a lot. What move, what move for a second line center or third line center did the New York Rangers?
0: Is, are, is, are, are any of the key Rangers injured? What's...
1: are did, did other teams improve in more drastic ways where the Rangers couldn't if they even wanted to? Like, did something fucking crazy happen where Pasternak gets traded for McDavid or something like that? Right? They're, If we're playing the hypothetical game, I can throw that one out there. These are the worlds we live in. Um, I don't know. It's really – it is an unfair question for me to answer on July 4th, 2022. Because right now, as currently constructed, I don't see the Rangers making back to an Eastern Conference final. Not not without – if we go into the – if we have to play the game where the only Rangers we can say they have are the Rangers they currently have, I'd quite simply say they don't have enough. They're down to center – they are relying, once again, a lot on Igor Shesterkin being Igor Shesterkin. I I don't think this team is one of the two best teams in the Eastern Conference as currently constructed. It's they have work hard. to do.
0: It's very hard uh, to get back.
1: And I think even with the work to do, even if the Rangers bring in, I don't know, the Rangers would have to bring in a star center for me to call them one of the two a best favorite. teams in the East. Yeah, they're, they're not as good as the Lightning. And quite frankly, on paper, they're not as good as the Leafs. So, like... I But I, I understand saying they're not as good as the Leafs doesn't mean anything because the Leafs will always find a way to fuck this up. So it's just funny for me to say it. But d- I don't realistically believe the Rangers are one of the two best teams in the Eastern Conference right now, which means I can't realistically believe that they're going to be one of the last two teams standing playing an Eastern Conference final next year, which means I can't say it's going to be a disappointment if they don't get there. So I I don't know. I guess that's where I land currently.
0: And then with that, we're done. We'll be back later this week with BSBOT on the pod, of course. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at OrionMedia. Follow Greg at Blue Break. We'll be back later. Love you guys. Happy Fourth of July. Bye. Okay, and as you know, at the end of each show, i like to thank all our NHL Insiders Club. We've been breaking some news in there, some fun time, talking about some chit-chats, some rumors, some Malkins, some... Kako extension, some other things, and, and more, of course. But without these founding ladies and gentlemen, uh, we could not be doing this podcast. So, without further ado, on uh, this very special holiday episode, I'd like to thank Adam Cassidy, Adam Cohen, Adam Cartulo, Adam Keach, Alex Carter, Anthony Terragata, Ben Waters, Ben Weber, Brett McGinnis, Brian Doyle, Brian Gallagher, Brian Mallon, Broadway Blusher, Bleeder, Chris Vanelli, Chris Howard, CJ Stellwagen, Conrad, P. Demich, Daniel Dayzen, David Narrative, David Siegel, Dennis Dice, Darian, Eric Stag, Garrett Reynus. Give Gardner a cup, Garrett, Gretzky, Garrett McFly, Harrison Hasco, Hip Hip 89. Thanks for the prospect update this week, George. Holla Sauce, Ian Rodriguez, Ian Usher, Jake B., J- uh, James Masker, Jamie Filipponi, J- Jeremy Marquez, JD, Jimmy Mack, JJ, Frankie, JJ, John Hardesty, John Shea, Johnny Thundercock, Jordan, Josh Kestenbaum, Justin Freeman, Chris from Florida, Christoph Berg, Lazak, Oh, Lasek. Oh, no, Lasek Krakowski, Luigi Giordano, Matthew Goodwin. Oh, I'm so. Why am I so surprised? Matthew Kine, Meatball the Cat, Mike Buckle, Neil Grover, Nicholas Nicola, Pascal Perrier, Pavel Cover, Pro World of Tech Gamer, Radney Tesser, Steve Manella, uh, Steve Box, Weingart, Thomas Wells, Tom Siklari, Tomers Jr., Tommy O'Neill, Twerk from Manhattan Upstate, Vin, Vinny Brocco, Vinny Hay, Will Specter, and Winston, the Golden Retriever. Thank you all for supporting this podcast. And uh founding. Uh, we're uh, listening to our stupid 4th of July mailbag. Uh, listen, going to be an interesting couple weeks here. There are a lot of rumors flowing. I know we addressed this on the show, but the Stroman cop thing. The one thing I want to pay attention to, especially, is that if it's day three or four of the free agency blitz of July 11th, well, and Strom isn't signed. Which I'm I'm starting to hear rumors that teams maybe are is interested because of the pelvic interest uh, surgery. Possibly, I don't think he's gotten the surgery yet, or I think they're still going to an evaluation. Maybe he's rehabbing, but I've gotten I've heard that. Uh, teams are a little less interested to pay him 6 million a year. I I do wonder if there's like a real cheap Ryan Strom two-year deal. I just, just sitting out there. I just do wonder about it. Cause I think cop gets six years. He's hockey guy. Like he is hockey guy. Some teams giving him money. Ryan Strom. I think it might be out there. We'll see. Without further ado, I'm going to go eat hot dogs and enjoy a beautiful July 4th day. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with BSBOT later this week. We love you guys. Talk to you then. Bye.